Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT. My name is Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. I'm your host, and with me are my co-hosts. Tony. Okay, what? what is that? I'm gonna do this voice for a little bit. Yeah, you're gonna do you're gonna do the voice well, because it's Valentine's, so now yeah, you're gonna act like Rico sure Swab. Very, very, very uh, special episode tonight. We uh, wow the Valentine's Day episode. We're not recording oh, on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day That's all I hear when you talk like that. Okay, <laughs> all right, fine. I'll, I'll talk normally, but yeah, it's it's a Valentine's Day episode. It's it's our uh, it's um. I mean, we're, we, it's not going to be romantic. I can tell yeah, you that. It's, not, anyway. it's, it's scary, but <laughs> <laughs> I try to add a little something. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that was terrible. You get put down because it was horrible. Yeah. You know, and my great ideas are just ruined and th- I lose my creativity on this. Right. Wow. That's a good <laughs> anyway, thing. Anyway, uh, we are, in fact, we, it is a special episode on the fact that we are joined by a very special guest again. It's uh, Nelly. She, uh, she came back on the show and uh, she's here to talk about some of some stuff. You know, she's here to join us. Um, you know, anything you want to? Uh, well, hold on one second. Let's get the email address out. Doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Send us your, your creepy stories and uh, we'll, we'll uh, maybe we can talk. Yeah. And uh, we also have a uh, merch store. We have a uh, store where you can go on and if you want to, you know, support the show and also get something out of it and uh, just, just go in there and if you see something you like, you can purchase it. And, uh, yeah, the merchandise store is important because we it, we using it to support the show, and we want to keep the show uh, for people who can't afford to get like a special subscription, or you can't afford to pay for special episodes. I'd like to keep it free as long as possible, and that's a good way to support the show. And then also, uh, we can, you know, you can get something out of it. Yeah, and also it helps us in the way that you know you if you wear it, or if, let's say you get a hoodie and you walk around, you can promote the show. And uh, we appreciate that a lot, you know. Yeah, we get more exposure, and you get something, uh, you know, you get something out of it. Yeah. Uh, we got hoodies, we got shirts, shirts mugs, uh, phone, phone cases, cases, yeah, all kinds of stuff out all there. All kinds of stuff. So go in there and check it out. There's two different designs we have right now. We're also taking submissions from our artists for other designs. If you want to, you know, see your work uh, immortalized. Yeah, we also on our, uh, just real quick, on our uh, page, on a uh, our internet page, we have a little art section, and uh, we I had this guy hit me up uh, this weekend about uh, on there, and he has some really great art designs that he's supposed to be putting up there. So I'm excited about that. So yeah, you know, if you're on our page, just check it out real quick. See, uh, and yeah, if you go to our else. website, that we got some artwork on there. We got some stuff. Um, all our episodes are on there, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, YouTube, like and subscribe. Please go to like and subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you know, so anyways, my wife is here. Nelly, you want to say hi? Hello. Oh, poor at My wife. Yeah, but yeah, we are joined by Nelly. Uh, you know, we thought it was fitting today of all days Valentine's. for her to come by. I, uh, being the single bachelor, am joined by Banjo. That's all I get, I guess. It's his dog. Yeah. Yes, enough about you. Uh, so, Nelly, wh- what is, uh, what's been going on since you last came on the show? Not much. I just got some stories. <laughs> you got some stories? Yeah. I'm looking at you kind of facetiously because mm-hmm. I, I know what's been going on. You've been <laughs> hanging out with me, bored out of your mind, <laughs> going like, wow, these stories are cool, but I'm getting really tired of them. Are you getting tired of this whole paranormal trip? Or? No. No? You never get tired of it, do you? Mm-mm. 
Nelly loves to go through the emails and with me, and I read some of the creepy stories to her, and she like she gets creeped out. But then she's like, I don't want to know because then I'll, I want you to do the show, and I want to hear it when it comes out. Yeah, she she's real big on that. Like, in fact, I'm willing to bet if it wasn't for the fact that she had to be on the show, she would not be here listening to it right now. No, nope. nah, if she could just have her voice and not her ears, she'd be happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, today we had to get you back on. It's Valentine's, and mm-hmm. so I needed you to. Do the show with us, and we can uh, go over some of the paranormal encounters that you you have that you've been. Well, given happy Valentine's Day, everybody! Happy Valentine's Day! Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for all of you who are with a significant other, and for all of you who aren't and hate this day, you know what? <laughs> I was the same way for a long, long time. Stop being so bitter. Eventually, somebody like Nelly will walk into your life and take over. Yeah, this is a special episode because we have a little <laughs> bit of both. You know, because we have a couple, and then we have me, lonely old me. Oh. <laughs> Well, you're wheel. depressing the whole thing. Listen, the whole I have vibe, to support the single people out the here. The whole right? vibe is being depressed. We, by they have to understand how we feel. <laughs> oh my! We can't have you couples be all happy. <laughs> Every time you see a couple, you just want to smash their faces in with their freaking iPads. <laughs> actually, no, I'm not like that. I actually, I'm happy when I see people together, man. It makes me feel. I don't feel you know jealous or anything like that. I think that's petty to feel like that. I think I think it's incorrect. Well, that's good. I don't believe you. But anyway, <laughs> we can move on now. Nelly, we're going to get to the seriousness here, folks. Okay. We have a lot of uh, encounters we're going to go over. We, paranormal potluck is what you It's Valentine's potluck. So uh, I'm excited about it. And next week, we have a really good show planned. And then the week after, we have another really good show planned. We have a lot of stuff lined up, a lot of stuff lined up. I'm setting up a date right now to interview David Weatherly. I'm excited about that. Uh, he wrote uh, a book recently. And um, he's uh, the Black Eyed Kids guy. If anybody knows about the Black Eyed Kids, mm-hmm. he's the, wrote the book about Black Eyed Kids. And mm-hmm. and so I'm going to be getting in touch with him again. And so hopefully we'll be getting him on the show. Uh, a lot of cool things in the works. And um, we want to break it up between the discussions we have with guests and then with us doing the encounters. Today we have Nellie, who is, you know, like I said, it's going to be a regular thing with her. Yeah, kind of uh, like Chief. Or, you know, yeah, Chief comes around and he and he gives his two cents, whatever. Sal is welcome to come whenever he can, but like I said, he's been, uh, I guess, indisposed, as you say. Yeah. He's been having some problems, so we can't uh, we can't put him. You know, we uh, pencil him in anything permanent because he's been so uh, busy with dealing with the stuff he's got to deal with. Hopefully, that'll be done at some point, and he can start coming on regularly again. Yeah, yeah, we definitely would enjoy that if you come back. But Tony will be a permanent fixture. Yeah. And um, I'm not liking it. At first I was nervous, but, you know, it's so much fun doing this. And it really is a lot enjoyable. You know, um, me and Wolf usually bounce and, you know, mess around with each other as it is. But so we're just usually acting as we are. But now I get to hear these great stories. And I've been ever since, you know, I started being the co-host. I've been very active as to not listen to the stories. And to make sure that, like, when I come on the show, is my first time. Like sometimes, up. sometimes I gotta cut, kick roll. Well, sometimes you give me a little bit, and then at like the second half, I'll put some. I'll put my headphones in, or I'll actively ignore you. Oh wow, that's great! So I'm over there talking to somebody who's ignoring me. Well, you're talking to everyone, and I'm just like in the corner, like you know, that's me in the corner. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh my the, it, you know when you when you started with the show first you were afraid you were petrified when you saw the girl Gloria <laughs> oh, Gaynor by your bedside yeah yeah that's exactly right but yeah I mean it, and uh you know it's been a blast you know and that, I've definitely felt like this is something that I enjoy a lot doing now and uh, I'm happy that you're willing to put up with me 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, to put up with me. I feel bad for you. So, yeah. yeah so, anyways, <laughs> Jeez. Nelly, go ahead. Let's get started here, guys. Yeah. That was a little bit too long. What do you uh, What do you got for us? Um, I have a story about a flying creature in the Middle East somewhere. I can't give very much information about the person they want to stay in. Oh yes, with. I know. I know the story. Yes. Yeah. Well, well I don't. So I, I have. I've I'm already ready. heard it, and I've, I've already read it. So I'm just gonna go to sleep. But y'all go ahead and go ahead and tell it. Well, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding, honey. This person was with a group of people out in the Middle East. Um, Where at in the Middle East? I can't tell you. The middle part of it. <laughs> um, that's a, that's it. That's all I can really so we say. Can't, we can't say the location because I know the location. I know you know. But um, anyway, so they were out there doing some taking care of business in the, late at night, but they had like floodlights and generators hooked up. And one of the guys has noticed something flying around and they got the other guy's attention and was like, what is that? You know, can you guys see that? And um, the person that I know was there was saw it and uh, was like, let's let's trap it. So what 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 did they say it looked like when they first saw it in the sky, though? How did it look? It was a large um, flying creature. They said that it looked like a dog with wings. Wow. Okay. So they, I was told that it was a bit larger than a German Shepherd, mm-hmm. and they had actually caught it. It took a while, but they caught it, and um, they, you know, had it, and it was like whimpering and it was crying, and um, it had wings. It had um a beak, like a like a a bird of prey, mm-hmm. and um. It had claw like claws, like paws with very large talons, but they were paws. And the only thing I could ever think of when I was told this was like a griffin. And um but the one one of the the guys that was there was like it he's noticed it looked like it was crying tears. And he's he's like, I think it's a baby, just let it go. And so, you know, they, they turned it loose. But when he was t- that when I was being told what had had this about this incident, um, they had no idea what it was, but uh, they did turn it loose. It? Like I said, they, he said that it was larger than larger a, a, a full-grown German Shepherd. It had wings. It it wasn't like aggressive. It, it it was scared and it was you know crying. So that's why they turned it loose because they the one guy thought it was a baby, but it was fairly large. And they were out doing maneuvers or something. What were they doing? Just patrolling? Or? They were working on something. Out there. Oh, okay, and then pro- on a project, mm-hmm. and this thing showed up. You mm-hmm. think it could have came through a portal or something? I, uh, you know, I didn't ask for any information other than what it looked like. I was more interested in what it looked like, and um, that's all the information I got. But uh, it's always been interesting to me because I know this person, and yeah, these the, and these were military guys, and they captured it. Yes. Yeah. And and but okay, it was flying. And they did they shoot at it to bring it down? No, or? no, they didn't shoot at it. They did the device a net, a net, a net. Oh yeah, oh, caught okay. it in a net. That's crazy. Okay, and so they had the equipment out there so they could do yeah, whatever. Ma- they so maybe to. they were out there trying to find one of these. Well, you if know, that I was never the case, thought about that. Let it go. I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, my honest opinion, I think that they were trying to look for something like that. And they maybe they were it. looking for something else, and they caught that. And they're like, oh, this isn't what we were looking for, so just let it go. Well, These are giant. not the droids you were looking for. 
Well, that's crazy. And then that's that, you know, that kind of reminds me of the Kandahar giant. I was just going to say the giant was over mm-hmm. in that area. I don't know if anybody knows that story. The folks about the Kandahar giant is a story about, well, it's about a giant and that some military giant. guys ran into and it skewed one of them with a spear. And I Ooh. believe they said it was like 10, 11 feet tall, right? Yes. Yeah. And 12, I think 12 foot tall. And the story has made the rounds, uh, military guys getting attacked and they killed it. And then they brought it back in a C-130, I believe. It was a cargo plane for sure. But they said that it smelled really, really bad and that uh, it had several rows of teeth and extra yeah, double digits. double rows of teeth and extra digits, which b- b- lends credence to the whole Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't been dead long enough for it to start smelling. It just was smelled it just smelled really terrible bad. yeah i mean it doesn't shower i would assume <laughs> Not a lot of giants aren't known for their cleanliness yeah well then again what do we know about giants we're not we're over here being prejudiced against giants is because they're skewering people and eating them giants are people too even though they're not people no they're not people that's that's a very incorrect <laughs> statement you had there giants are also things yes that, yes, that would be better things, things you can't be prejudiced against things okay so moving along here yeah what else are you guys what else do that you That was have? a good story. That was, was a good s- little teaser. Let, let's see what else. I want to get into some stuff here. We don't Jeez. Have a- this guy's like pushy, huh? <laughs> I am very pushy. He's romantic. But do we, do we have any romantic stories, actually? I don't think so, right? It's just... Uh, uh, about like dead lovers coming together in the afterlife? No, I do not. Uh, or, or or like um, anyone who fell in love with something. For- what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. I, I think I, I saw that advertisement for The Shape of Water again on YouTube, and it made me think of something. The Shape of Water? You, you never heard of that? It's a movie about some fish dude who fell in love with a chick. A dude that fell in love with a chick. He was a dude playing another dude, falling in love with another chick. No. Well, okay. So what else you got for us, Nelly? Well, this is a potluck, so it doesn't have anything to do with flying creatures, but... um. It actually happened to my mom when she was a little girl. I think she was like 12 or 13. And um, she had gotten up in the middle of the night, and it was in one of those old farmhouses. So when you stood up, you had to... Hit your head on the ceiling. <laughs> Just kidding. You had to pull the chain on the on the ceiling to turn the light on. Oh, yeah. And uh, she said it was really dark, and she, she they didn't have, you know, um, the, out, the out, they had an outhouse, so she knew she had to go outside. So she stood up on the bed... And she was reaching and feeling around for the, the light chain. And all of a sudden, a hand grabbed her. And she said it, it was really strong. And it was like ice cold. And it started to lift her up off the bed. And so she threw herself down and was pulling back. And it was pulling, kept pulling her up. And she started like screaming and kicking and um, yelling for her mom. And then um, she just finally like yanked and just, like dropped all of her weight and was able to pull herself away from it. But she told me that she felt like it wasn't just cold, like really cold, but she felt like it was trying to like, like uh, get in her, get in her hand. And then her mom finally came in the room and, you know, turned on the light and uh, told her she just was having a bad dream. But my mom, she was adamant that she was not dreaming about that. When you say get in her hand, do you mean like, like he was trying to fuse into her? Or into it? her body through I, the hand? I'm assuming so, yeah. She said that it was like, you know, it felt really bad. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Was, mm-hmm. was, th- was there a lot of haunting type 
the activity that was going on in that house? Was it paranormal related? There was a lot of strange stuff that happened on that farmhouse, in the farmhouse. Did you ever go there? Not to that one, no. Okay, you were never there. Mm -mm. So Okay, so. They would just see like minor stuff, but that was like one of the major things that happened to her? Or? That, I I believe that's the house that um, they, when they moved to, she thought she saw um, a man rattling chains walking um, past the living room down the hallway and she thought it was a ghost and but she's it was like he was just like moaning and he was dragging a chain or something and then he just faded away but um i can't remember very much more than just those two things that she told me here's a weird thing about that and people are going to say like that sounds very cliche like it does it does but but the thing is there's a basis for that because there are some beliefs that one level of hell is to be uh, chained. You're literally, ch you're, you're weighted down by your sins as chains. Um, different aspects of different religions, I don't want to get into religion and all that, but there are religions that believe that. And uh, they believe that there are different levels of, of a, like the hell realm, and one of them is to be trapped in a purgatory-type state, chained down, now, when you start getting into different cultures and beliefs, like there are people that criticize me all day long. Those aren't ghosts or demons. Everything is a demon. It's a demon. There's a demon. There's a demon. Everywhere a demon, demon, demon. Okay. And I get I get just completely blasted by people who believe that everything is a demon. These people, you, you need to go and read the book of Enoch and understand that there is a lot more going on than just everything is a demon. Now, I granted, I get that, that there are different types of these creatures and that they shouldn't be entertained or messed with, whatever, but not everything that you encounter is a demon, okay? Because if it was, in the, in the sense that we believe, there'd be a lot more heck going on and a lot more havoc being raised than what we're, what we're experiencing. Uh, it's bad enough as it is, but if these demons were just allowed to just do whatever at will, then we would all be in trouble. I mean, yeah, because it, it would be very a lot more malicious and a lot more entirety. malevolent. Yes, I mean, and that that's a thing. And so, depending on your religion and what aspect of your religion you're there, because there are many different branches of Christianity, there are many different branches of Islam. To talk about Islam uh, and and Christianity in the sense that Christianity is crazy, Islam is not a religion of peace. Blah 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 blah. We're not going to get into all the religion stuff. But it's not correct to say those things because everybody's version of it is different. You can take two Muslims and put them in a room together, and they are completely their 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 beliefs of the, on the Quran are completely different. Yeah. I mean, they don't believe the same. They're not all the same, and neither are Christian. Just completely different in how they interpret their their uh, book. Yes, yeah, I think it's supposed to be interpreted by you in a way that you understand it best. A form of discernment has and there's to take no, place. There's no way for you to explain it to someone else and try to get them to understand your yeah. point of view because it's, it's something that you should internalize yourself, you know. And, and that, that being said, I will tell a story about a ghost, a chained ghost. Um, this one I got a long time ago, way back when I was doing Vic's show, whatever, I had um, somebody hit me up on Facebook and they said, I heard you're into ghosts, whatever. And this one kind of stuck with me. Now, you had never told me your mom's story about the chains. I had heard the one about her being yanked up or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this chain one is interesting. Now, th here's one I got. This guy uh, said he moved into a farmhouse in northern uh, Wisconsin. 
And he said that when he was when he was a boy, they moved into a farmhouse, and that at night he would hear something heavy drop on the floor, like like a thud, and he would hear like a rattle, like a chain, something rattle. Well, one day when he was climbing a tree outside of the house, uh, he his little brother his, his little brother's name was Otis. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you his name because then you might go harass him on Facebook and be like, "What are you talking about?" It was a demon, you know. Well, anyways, his little brother Otis with him were were playing on a on a tree. They were climbing a tree in the summertime, and he on this tree could climb up and and jump from the tree branch the that stuck out and get onto the roof. Not, I wouldn't suggest that. That's probably not the smartest thing to do because it's dangerous. And he was like Very, a nine year old kid, yeah. and his little brother was like seven. And they had another little brother, too, uh, that was getting terrorized by something at night. But I'll get into that. So when he was on that tree branch, he was walking across it, getting ready to do his little jump onto the roof, which he'd already gotten in trouble with his mom for already. And uh, he was, you know, prepared to jump. He sees this chest, uh, like an old like an old uh, chest, you know, people had at the foot of their beds, you know, back in the, the old timers. Mm-hmm. Some of them still got them, you know. Uh, my aunt and uncle have one that they that they've had passed down since the, their their great grandparents. So, anyways, which would be my great great grandparents, but uh, he he sees this chest like kind of flopping up and down, and then he sees like a chain, like a big thick chain, hovering off the ground. Part of it's on the ground. He said at first it looked like a big snake, and then he noticed that it was a chain. And his parents had told him not to go into the attic. They weren't allowed to snoop around and mess with stuff. They had closed that 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 area off. But in, in this farmhouse, some of these old farmhouses, you could see into the attic in the window. They would put a window to the attic uh, with the purpose of, you know, it's very simple, to scare the heck out of you when you're walking up to the farmhouse or to drive up on the driveway so you can look in that window and see a creepy ghost figure looking out at you. I don't know if that's everybody's experience. That's mine. That's what makes sense. That's actually. what makes sense. And then they're like, you know what? Look, look good there, Henry. Let's put up a, a window so the demon slash ghost can stare at everybody when we drive up and then they'll pee themselves. But Paul, why do we need that? Well, so we look sophisticated when they pull up and they're full of pee. We look really smart. Dumb kid. Oh, I get it, Paul. See, no, I'm just kidding, folks. That's not how everybody talks just here in Texas. Look, once again, I'm 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 fooling. I'm fooling. Okay, fooling. Just, just my hometown. Yeah. So, anyways, we're there's always this creepy window. I don't know why they have to have this window for something to look out and scare you and see you. Okay. Um, never really looked up and saw anything in a, in a creepy farmhouse window or whatever, but I always thought that I would, you know, and I, yeah, cause it's always creepy. Cause that's the window that, you know, if someone was going to see you or if you're going to see something, that's the window. That that's is the window. That's, that's where you're going to be. That's where the demon's going to come. So this, this guy, when he was a kid, he saw this chain moving, moving by itself and kind of, and then it kind of flopped up and down on the ground and it made the thud noise. And the weird thing is the chain turned like in 180 degrees and like faced him. Like whatever was doing it had its back to him and mm-hmm. turned holding this chain and the chain whipped out and bro- broke the window. And of course he screams, he falls out of the tree, breaks his arm, uh, gets his hip knocked out of alignment or something. He said it followed him the rest of his life. The, the injury he had, I think he said he was nine. 
And uh, so so th- this kid falls out of the tree, and then he has to explain to his mother that he was climbing up the tree, and then the little brother runs inside, Ma, Ma, you know. The Ma comes out, and she's like, what are you doing? You know, and spanks him. He gets a spanking, you know, right off, right off the crack of the bat. He's like, my mom was old-fashioned, and she just spanked me, you know. And I'm over there with a broken arm, you know, and she realizes my arm is like flopping around like a dead fish. So she puts me in the in the in the in the old truck and we drive to the to the doctor. Well, when he gets to the doctor's office, he's still kind of in shock at what just happened. He tells the doctor the story. And uh the mom leaves the room to do something, and he tells the doctor, and the doctor says, You know what? I'll call the kid, um, I don't want to say his name. I almost I was gonna say his name. I want to call him something, Bobby. I'll call him Bobby. He says, you know what, Bobby? I believe you. And he gave him his uh, sucker and told him, you have a broken arm and wear this and it'll heal. He says, and, but stay out of that attic. You know, and, and so the doctor that believed him. Mm-hmm. Well, his mom and dad get on him, jump all over him. His dad comes home just like, what did you do, boy? Why'd you do this and that? You know, I don't know how he talks. I'm not trying to insult your dad, sir. But uh, he he came home and got on him got on his kid and and then he blurted out he goes the doctor believed me and he's like you know you climbed that tree and you you know you you went up there and you jumped and you hit the wall the, you missed and you fell and you broke the window just admit it tell the truth and he's like that's not what happened and the little brother said that's not what happened and the other little brother's like that's not what happened you know now he talks but they all just agreed that that's not what happened well, they all got sent to bed without food because that's the kind of punishment they got back in those days. And they all got spanked for lying. And the dad got up the next day, put the kids in the in the, in the truck or the car or whatever, took them to the doctor's office and said, you tell my kid that, that, that you, you believe, you told my kid you believe that story. My kid's lying and you're encouraging it. And you're, you're over here talking about ghosts and all this. And he says, sir, I never said it was a ghost. I just told them the stat of that attic because there is someone that was really, really bad. Now, he said that they were outside in the hallway. They heard him, the doctor, telling his dad. Mm-hmm. And he said this doctor was actually a pretty big, stout guy and got right up in his dad's face and was like, <laughs> sir, you're not going to threaten me, first of all. And he's like, and I'm not afraid of you. And he goes, and I'm going to tell you right now, there is something wrong with that house. And there is something that, that, uh, that moves chains around in the attic of that house. And there was somebody that was very evil that lived there when he was a young, when he was a man, he was suspected of having killed one of his own daughters, but they never could prove it. You know, and then they, their story was that he had killed her because she had gotten pregnant. Um, this is the story that he found out later on and that she, uh, I guess had eloped with some boy when she came back, she was pregnant and the dad, she, they said she, they sent her away, but the rumor was that she was actually killed by that guy. So the sins of the father, you know, it's like a very bad thing, whatever. Um, his kids lived there, you know, like like off and on different kids had lived there, two or three other of the kids, and they never spoke about what happened to their sister. But toward the end of the son's life, his only son, he said that that, what had happened was that his dad had killed her and that she was buried out in the field somewhere. And that... uh after he died, they saw the ghost of their dad in chains. So you tell me, you know, what, what you think of that. I mean, there is a precedence for the whole chains ghost thingy, whatever. Uh, one of my cousin's uh, ex-boyfriends, uh, 
told me a story real brief. It's not going to take long that he, they had just moved into a house up in Connecticut and it wasn't a creepy farmhouse. It was in the city. It was in like Hartford or something. And, uh, that they lived there for about a week and he saw a woman walking down the hallway and there was like a green mist around her and she was dragging chains. So you take those two stories and what your mom said, and you have a thread there that makes sense. And it sounds kind of silly. I would say you have a chain. You have a chain of events. Yeah, of events. They're connect. We need to quit laughing about this because we ended up dying and be like, here's your chains, Wolf. <laughs> Congratulations. You earned them. Oh, those are good stories, by the way. We enjoyed those down here. Yeah. Now you can. Shut up. <laughs> now you know I'm going to be down here. You're the one who said the chain thing. I could be up here on earth in chains. I don't have to be down there in chains. Oh, okay. I guess. You, you, just, made bad, you just made a bad thing that I said. I bad, like to believe a that. A bad I'm idea I had be, about my hopefully not future. You're the one who put yourself in chains. You right. just made it worse. You locked yourself up in that situation. Well, you know Why what? Why couldn't you just not be in chains? How Why about Wolfie to- Unchained? You've heard of Django. Now you've heard of Wolfie Unchained. I just unchained myself in this skit. And then they said, oh, we made a mistake, sir. We're not looking for you, Josh Turner. It's a different Josh Turner. It's the it's that one guy that sings and ruins your name. Why are you going to put him in chains? Josh Turner. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way out of it in my mind, okay? Okay. okay. Well, Jeez. I'm going to be in chains. Yeah. Yeah, I was just making a joke, and you put me in hell, dude. Like, good You gosh. put yourself in that situation, all right? Why couldn't you just not be in chains? That's all I'm saying. Well, anyway, you got a sick No, but I understand. Um, and that is very creepy. Did the the dog, did the dog father say anything else after that? Uh, no. According to him, the, the, the sound of the rattling and the, the pounding went on and on and on until they finally moved. Mm-hmm. And uh, did he ever get in trouble ever again? They never that? spoke about it again. Okay, as far as as far as I know, typical father behavior right there is uh, just ignore it. Yeah, can I say something about that? Why do why now that I got Nelly on the on the on the, on the phone on the uh, show? <laughs> why is it that men never seem to believe, but the women are like seeing like you know all kinds of stuff, and the men are like, I don't know, I saw a shadow move, you know, and that's and. Me and Nelly have talked about this. Nelly, do you want to give your theory about that, about men and women? Like, I, I proposed the theory, and we postulated on it. Yeah, the um, men were, uh, well, a long time ago, men were hunters and gatherers, so they had to, you know, deal with things in the, you know, the real, the real world. Yeah, and women took care of the children and stuff, and they had to have that sixth sense, that intuition, to know if danger was getting close to their children. That's right. And so I think that's why... They're, you know, more in tune to everything yeah, that's around them because... Yeah, we were probably dealing with... Men were probably dealing with more of the physical realm and just dealing with what they felt and they, or what they saw immediately. Mm-hmm. And they were dealing with, like, what was happening in the moment. And women were probably just... They have... Men have to see it, like... And women can feel it, I guess. Yeah. They would have to understand it before it came down because uh, they would have to run away or, like, they would have to get away from the danger. Uh, and we kind of came to this conclusion together. We, we we put our amazing minds together and we we talked about this. Uh, together, we have an amazing IQ of like, I don't know, 15 or something. But we, we decided that, 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 that that's what we kind of came up with was like women, they had to have a sixth sense. If you were a settler on the plains and, you know, and, and Native Americans, you know, they didn't really want the settlers there, okay? Whether you want to say that, oh, they, they, they were good, they were bad, there's all these different opinions. The popular opinion is that they were the bad, they were mistreated, whatever. Here in Texas, the Comanches were pretty violent, and they were pretty bad, pretty aggressive, and they pretty much committed genocide against the other Indians. 
they killed anybody and everybody. It didn't really matter. I mean, they slaughtered Chinese railroad workers. They killed the whites. They didn't care. Everybody was an Apache to them. Yeah, I mean, they, they hunted African Americans. and Yeah, because did, of their, their hair. Yeah, Same with the Chinese. The like. Chinese, they wanted the quay. There, there was a lot of stories that we got here in Texas about how bad and violent they were. So let's say you were a settler on the plains, a Mexican or white settler. And once again, this was part of Mexico. But in 1836, there were less than 5,000 Mexicans in the state of Texas, and that was because of the Comanches. The Comanches were the real rulers of this land. You can say it was part of Mexico, but I kind of get aggravated when people say that because it really didn't belong to anybody but the Comanches. Yeah, it was Comancheria. This was Comancheria. The Spaniards knew it. The French knew it. The British knew it. This was Comancheria. Uh, The Texans had to face them until the 1880s. There was just constant warfare. It was never-ending warfare. Uh, the Comanches were, were bad. I mean, they were bad dudes. Uh, I mean, they were just unyielding, too. I mean, that's why they were wiped out Yeah, the way they were. That's why they were wiped out. Yeah, and me and Nelly both have Comanche blood in us. But, you know, that that little, uh, that aside, imagine you were a whiter or Mexican settler living in Texas on the plains, and the dad goes out to, to hunt deer, elk, whatever. You're left alone to take care of the kids. It helps to have some intuition to know that something is coming, to feel that sixth sense that, hey, we need to go hide in the root cellar or whatever because the, the Comanches are coming. And I think that that developed in, in, in women. It was They were very attuned to it. I think it's a spiritual thing. You know, it goes beyond the brain. Yeah. But I think men are just like, there's a deer, kill it. There's an Indian, kill it. And then they come home and they're like, here's food, eat it. There's a bed, sleep in it. Yeah, because I feel like they didn't need... They couldn't, they didn't, it's not that they didn't need it. They couldn't run away from it or they couldn't uh, avoid it. So they would rather yeah, deal with it Yeah, the sixth sense on. was not as strong in the men because they were grounded in the physical and survival. They, were, they had to deal with what they, what came forward. So if they did see something, they would just, they would have to, you know, here's handle a, it. Here's a funny thing. There was an old saying that Texas was a ha- haven for men and dogs and a hell on earth for women and children. Now, that is a saying, you know, I was in San Antonio walking around a museum one time and I saw that. I just, it stuck with me ever since I was a kid. That's a truth. You know, that's the truth. It was the settlers back then that if you were a single guy and you were living it up, you were going to the saloons in San Antonio or New Braunfels or whatever cities you were moving back and forth from and having a good time carousing or whatever. But meanwhile, if you're a woman with children, you were living in in fear. I mean, rattlesnakes, Comanches, and you know, other banditos. Other I mean, uh, there were all kinds of stuff going on. You had, uh, you know, after the war, uh, you had all these Confederate uh, renegades and guerrillas that came. You had Comancheros. You had Apaches. You had everything you could think of. It was a nightmare. And so, yeah, you you were living in in a very dangerous place, and I think that the intuition of women uh, grew from um, the necessity to be able to to be one step ahead of the danger, and I, and I think that that's a very when we talked about that, Nelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on from that um, dissertation about danger and sense and all that, we all know I don't have any sense. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways folks there was another story we were speaking about demons and yeah. uh, earlier that uh, reminded me of a story i firmly believe was a goat man incident that happened to this person mm-hmm. it was uh during the summer it was 
you know, late. It was like nine o'clock. So it was night and she had her friend over and she had, um, um, they were sitting there talking and uh, they smoked cigarettes and the, the, they were inside of a little like, um, trailer, like a, you tow behind a vehicle. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was sitting on the bed area that was close to the door and he was sitting at the table area and, uh, the lights just went off. And she was like, why the lights go out? And her friend, which we'll call Mike, um, said not to move. And he said that um, he sent something, you know, I guess. And she was like, he's like, fl just flip the light switch back on. And she said, she was like, why would it be off? Because I didn't switch it down. And then she, when she went to hit it, it was down. So she turned it on. But she said right before she turned it on, she was looking over to in Mike's direction and at the table where he was sitting on the other side of him, she saw his cigarette that he was smoking and then she saw the cherry the, from the other cigarette burning on the other side of the table. And she said she didn't think about it right, right away and then she flipped the light on and she looked over and, and um, they, she's like, she pointed behind him and he turned and he, they, she saw the cigarette was actually put sat up on its butt so it was straight up like a you yeah, know that it was broom. standing straight up yeah. yeah it was standing straight up smoke and right there it was lit and everything and it happened that fast during the time that the light had gone off and he had told her to turn it back on and she said that she got this really sick feeling that something you know was really wrong and uh she heard a noise outside and she went to go open the door and mike grabbed her and said don't do it and he said, he said the devil was outside. And she like said in that second, she thought that that's, that's ridiculous. You know, like, what are you talking about? The devil's outside. And she says, I'm going to open the door. And he grabbed her. And he's like, she said the look in his eyes was so intense and so serious that she was like, okay, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't open the door. And he was like, I'm not joking. Don't open the door. You'll regret it. And she was standing right there by the door and she could, she said she heard these heavy, like hoof marks, like hoof, you know, stomps in the ground, like whatever it was, was very heavy. And then she heard like this breathing, like, um, like a, a heavy breathing, like the, she said the thing had, had, must've had a huge chest cause it was just breathing really heavy. Yeah. Not like somebody out of breath, but you know, something huge. Mm. And, um. She was, you know, started to panic and she didn't know what to do. She was like, I couldn't go out the door because it was there, obviously, because she said it came right up to the door. And then she um, she said she could feel like just the intense evil emanating through the door from the thing that was outside. So she thought, OK, it's the devil. You should have thought that, too, you know. And um, And then finally, like, it just... The, the thickness in the air just like kind of evaporated and she felt like relaxed and um mike was like sat down and he just like was, they were just looking at each other and she goes i can't take it anymore and so she just opened the door to the, the trailer and she looked down and she saw these hoof prints the cloven hoof prints in the ground mm -hmm. right in front of the, her the door and um she always just assumed it was a demon but the more I thought about that story and, and, and the goat man, you know, and the fact that the light went out and, you know, goat man has, can 
do things and appear. And so I always thought that that was probably a goat man. What did Mike know? That's what I want to know. How did he know? Yeah, well, Mike, so, Mike, was he a practitioner or something? Or it could as have far just as been I know, that he was the he one. He was a, a practicing warlock. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, I, I, it might have just been that he was the smart person in the horror movies that were like, hey, maybe we shouldn't go walk around and chase whatever it is that's making those no, scary because, noises. No, because this person is someone that you um, you got this story from personally. I got the story from the, yeah. them, yes. Yeah, and, um, and I know this this uh, about a little bit about this story. At that time, at that time, Mike uh, was a practicing warlock, yeah, he but was he doing... was starting to read the Bible and starting to like stop that. Yes, yeah. he was like going trying to do the right thing, I guess. Yeah, and... he was smoking cigarettes. <laughs> wow, smoking How kills people. Do you explain that? Oh, Don't. you're changing your life, but you're killing your lungs. Yeah. No Mike, the body is a temple. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. There's nothing else that should So good luck say, with Mike. all that. Yeah. Well, anyways, that that is uh, a creepy story. Yeah. And I'm glad that I don't smoke cigarettes with Mike. I yeah, that. I mean, that's the only part. What, what was it about? Something about a goat or something like that? But those cigarettes. <laughs> man, all I took away scary. from me is that cigarettes cause cancer. That was the scariest part. And for then me. when you open the door, you see Hoven Prince because the devil's trying to make you smoke. If anything, uh, we're just kidding, <laughs> Nelly. We're not trying to mess with your story. The story was creepy, though. I'm just yeah. trying to write, give some levity creepy. to it or whatever. It's a, it's a very disturbing. So I have this story here. This one is called My Goblin Encounter. We got this one from somebody. And I would like to read it because it's really long. And I want to read this in the person's words. So this encounter I had happened in the mid-80s on a hot summer day. My parents had Dobermans and had warned us of the fact that sometimes dogs turn on their owners because of brain issues. I had one Doberman, uh, I had one Doberman, her name was Shaggy. She was faithful to me and a great friend. My siblings really didn't like to play with me, so I always walked the desert with my dog. This happened in in the desert uh, in California. Our home was a two-room shack with no running water, no bathroom, really just a shack. We had to get bottles of water to take Western-style baths with. In the summer, we melted, and in the winter, we froze. I never knew we were poor. I love living up there and running, and running around the desert. Back to the encounter. Like I stated before, it was a hot summer day, and I felt like taking a nap. I had a military cot that I slept in that was placed under the hanging clothes in the second room of the house. I laid down, and my dog, Shaggy, laid down on the cement floor next to me, next to my cot. I was relaxing with my right arm off the cot, petting my dog. As I was laying there, my dog started growling. First thing I thought was, oh no, she's going to rip my, my head off. She's turning. I just laid there cal- calming, talking to her. It's okay, girl. You're okay. I moved my hand to pet her face and her head was not down. She was facing the back door. So I slowly rolled on my side to look at her As I did this, she wasn't growling at me. She was growling at the open back door, so I looked towards the door, and there it was. A swamp green being with a huge fat belly, long skinny arms and legs. The hands and feet were strangely oversized. This thing was about three to three and a half feet tall. It had orange hair around its privates and a leprechaun-like beard of orange hair without the mustache. It had tiny eyes and a huge mouth. It had a shoulder-strap leathery satchel. And it just looked at me. Now, I remember I was a lonely child around the age of eight. My mother disliked me to a great extent, and I'm guessing my siblings either disliked me 
or were just following suit. But when I first laid eyes on this goblin-looking creature, my first instinct was not a good one. I sat up and said, hi, do you want to play? My brightest, not my brightest moment, it stayed fixed on me and gave me a terrifying smirk. This frightened me, and I realized my dog was still growling, so in that second, I ordered my dog to kill. Shaggy leapt to her paws and let out a a bark. The goblin threw its arms up and screamed. The scream sounded like a huge bird mixed with a high-pitched womanly scream. It turned and ran as my dog took off after it. I quickly thought, oh no, my dog, so I jumped up and I ran after them. Behind the house was a large ditch. I watched this goblin go down into it, and Shaggy followed. I was yelling for her to stop, but she wouldn't. I ran to the edge of the ditch. I stood there looking all around, but no sign of my dog or the creature. I could see inside the whole ditch and all around the top. There was no way they could have gone anywhere. I stepped back a few feet and sat Indian style waiting for my dog. It must have been about four minutes of waiting. Four to five minutes of waiting. I started at the ditch, the, stared at the ditch the whole time, and then I noticed movement. Shaggy's head, then her body. She was dragging herself to me. Her eyes rolled back in her head and foam coming from her mouth like she had been running nonstop for days. I ran to her, and when she reached my feet, she collapsed. I yelled for help, but no one came. I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave her there because I thought that goblin would come back and take her. So I picked her front up her front paws and drug her back to the house as slow as I could so I wouldn't hurt her. When I got her to the house, I gave her water and fanned her till she felt better. I had no idea where she was. Back then I knew about portals, so I believe she had followed this thing into a portal. I'm just grateful she found her way back. Oh, so that's crazy. I'm sorry I didn't read it as um, fluidly. We can always redo it. No, we're not, folks, because I'm lazy. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, what, so what did she see? Like a little gremlin goblin? What the heck was that? Uh, something from the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Oh well, no, Dark Crystal has like some nicer creatures than that thing. You sounded like a little <laughs> leprechaun from the movie, like leprechaun. Well, it was just, pretty bad. I mean, yeah. well, leprechaun maybe, but it sounded like a gr- a goblin. I was just talking about the movie leprechaun, where like the little thick cr- creature. Yeah, but thing. I don't think it was. That don't, that's I don't think it was a leprechaun. I think it was like some. This kind thing of was green. Gro- this was goblin. Like, yeah, goblin. Something. I don't know. So, anyways, I wanted to read that, folks. I wanted to start doing this thing where I read somebody's stories every now and then, just word for word, instead of trying to uh, compress them into uh, my yeah. own, you know, whatever. But that's a crazy story. That's so scary. That's a scary story. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I guess the other the other thing I, I wanted to say about the desert. I mean, like the desert is a very uh, creepy. I don't know how to say it. It's a hostile eerie. environment. Yeah, yeah it's very eerie, creepy hostile. at night. Yeah, pretty coming up pretty soon. We're going to do a show. Where we're going to talk about uh, some of the things that happen in the desert. Yeah, it's going to be a show basically about that, um, and a city that everybody's familiar with from the desert. But uh, yeah, that that story there. I don't know what to think of that. That's that's pretty. Uh, what would you do, uh, Tony, if you saw that? Um, I would know that Banjo cannot kill it. Because I would say kill, and he would just hide behind me, shaking. I'll be like, "Well, thanks a lot, buddy." Because <laughs> he's only six pounds, but yes, that is probably if he's what, even six pounds. I mean, if, well, no, okay, I, so so you would first order the first line of defense is banjo, and he would fail me. Yes. So then I would. I don't know. It depends on how big it is. If it's like me now or me as a kid, also. So are you saying like me? Okay, as a how kid? about you now? Because you're pretty much a kid anyway. Yeah, me now. There's not a lot of difference when I, when I first met you 20 years ago to now or 10 years The only difference between me now and me as a kid is the size of the ball I can make when I curl over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I, that, I don't think that's going to help. No, I, I don't know. I think I would. Um, sound creepy like that. If I just woke up, I would quickly jump to my feet and try to grab something, you know, like a weapon or something. Or just like just have something in my hand so I could feel a little bit more at ease. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just try to take it step by step. Now, what do you think this thing was? Where do you think it came from? Um. Well, according to, they sounded like it came from some kind of portal or something because the dog was, it came back dehydrated or it came back like just obviously exhausted. That part is weird because it was only four or five minutes. So the dog came back like sick and dying. So Mm -hmm. what do you think that maybe the time was different? Yeah, maybe this thing can just like open portals and like it has the ability just to travel through whenever it needs to. Mm-hmm. So like it's able to just it, like it, it. The dog was chasing after it so much that I didn't have time to close the portal, so it just went through too. And then eventually the dog just found uh, its way back, or was let out. Who knows? You know. Yeah. And then, you know. Thankfully that she had the dog with her, because who knows? Or they, they that they had the dog with them, or else who knows what would have happened. The other goblins were like, "Get that foul creature away! Take it away!" That's how I think they would talk. I don't know for sure. I imagine high squeaks and annoying pitches. Mm-hmm. They could talk like the farm people, for all we know. I don't, I don't. Hey, man, why'd you bring that dog down here? Get up out of here. Go on, get. Hey, man, I'm just trying to do my job over here. What are you doing? I'll bring this dog down here, man. Yeah, oh, man. Talking hey. about that old dang old dog over here. Won't bite everybody's head off. Man, man we just over here do farming and stuff, and you can bring this dog down here, man. It's crazy. So then they kick the the dog out, and then it goes and it and it uh, collapses after like it had, like it had been you know. That's a story that I've heard about from like when when people deal with the fairies, the the goblins, the 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 elves, whatever. If you eat um, anything they give you or drink anything they give you, they say that time passes, and then when you wake up, it's been years. Yeah. And sometimes they say that people can, you know, they, they'll. That's a show we got to do too about immortals because I read a theory about that that somebody had postulated that there was someone who had interacted with the fairies and they had basically, they were immortal pretty much. And and, in a way that they had like in a hundred years had passed and everyone else that they had known was gone. Ultimate roofie. Yeah. And they claimed, yeah, yeah, ultimate roofie. And they claimed that they had been given a sweet bread uh, by these little, little uh, Dwindy like creatures. And then they uh, went to sleep and woke up and like a hundred years had passed. Well, it's he very, it's very creepy. Of... You're lucky you got you know, she, the, the 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 person that sent us that story. You're lucky you got your dog back. Yeah. Thank you for sending that story, and uh, it was very you don't creepy. mind me reading it in in my in your words instead of mine because I wanted to uh, make sure that you know it was read in that person's own words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they wrote it pretty nice. They wrote it very. Uh, they got yeah. to. I thought like, it was like, in trouble. Sometimes I get stories, and I started thinking about it. Maybe I should just start reading some of them out, and you know. A quick little uh, segment or whatever. Yeah. For this little bit of Valentine's paranormal potluck. I know this doesn't have a lot to do with Valentine's. What? Are you crazy? That was well, obviously. Like, okay, does anybody have any Cupid stories? Is anybody I was going to say little, that was obviously Cupid. A fat little guy she with was, with, he, uh, with uh, wings floating around, shooting people with arrows, making them fall in love with people? No? I didn't think so. All right, moving on. I'm not the story guy. That was your <laughs> dad. Son, I'm the story guy? Yeah, that's your job, story I'm man. the story guy? Tell your story, story man. I'm the story guy. Like falling down. Was <laughs> it Michael Douglas? I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. So, uh, Nelly, do you have anything else? I have a, a shadow man story. Okay. I know that's a little late. 
But um, a little late. What do you mean it's a little late? Because you already did we the shadow episode on shadow. Oh Beauty. well, there's tons. Of, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a potluck, Nelly. We don't can, care about. We can throw whatever we want in there. Creole seasoning, Tex Mex, whatever. <laughs> so, we have you have a shadow man encounter that happened to you. Yeah, that's um, not a very long encounter, but t- talk no, about it, was that. Just, it was startling. It was really short, but thank God. I was just headed to my parents' house. It was late at night. And um, I was going home. I was um, 19, and um, I pulled up at the stop stop sign, and there was a street light it was shining in the car. And I looked to my left, and then I went to look to my right. And when I looked to my right, there was the top half of a shadow, a black entity, was leaning from the back seat, in between the driver's seat and the passenger's front passenger seat looking right at me when I turned my head to the right. So I was face to face with this shadow person is all I could think it was. And um, it startled me, but I just quickly told myself in my head, like, you know, get the feeling, just don't react. Pretend like you didn't see it so it doesn't know you saw it kind of thing, you know? Because I didn't know what else to do. And because I was so scared, I just gunned it. And I took off down the dirt road to my parents' house and I didn't look in the rearview mirror. I didn't, I could feel it. I could feel its presence like right there breathing on me you know but it wasn't breathing on me but i could feel it and i pulled up in my parents house slammed the car in park and went in the house and acted like nothing happened i and never you just ignored it yeah i ignored it i just i couldn't it was i was alone i couldn't yeah, what was handle she supposed it. to do yeah i was just like i'm not saying she did the wrong thing I'm no just i saying, know like, that, that takes some quick thinking to not actively react to something. You Everybody see. should ignore all these things. Just like cancer. Just ignore it and it goes away. Because <laughs> yeah. we were just speaking earlier about how predators, or I don't know if it was earlier, but like predators attack based on like, they won't, they won't, uh, they're very friendly until they see you. Like, because they believe in like the sneak tactic or whatever. Mm-hmm. I forget what we were talking about. But uh, yeah, we were just like, how like, they, they like to ambush, they're ambush uh, predators. So like it, it, yeah, once it, you once they know they've been spotted, they, they change, will stop. Yeah, yeah, they change tactics. Yeah, so but, I, it's funny how this thing was like you. She's ignoring me, so I guess I can't do anything. I don't and, know. And, but I'm just impressed with you because you you know you you see this thing, and instead of reacting and like being freaked out, you just like very matter of fact, just like yeah, I'm just gonna continue on my day, and pretend it doesn't exist. I drove very fast. I mean, well, I was so we've had a couple fast. weird little things happen, and Nellie just is like, "Okay, let's just act like it didn't happen." Because <laughs> yeah, one time we were sitting in the room, remember, and we heard a disembodied voice. Oh yeah, it was a woman's voice. It was weird. It was real quick. Well, now I've heard. Then, then there's actually been twice. Once it sounded like a dude said something, but we couldn't understand what it was, and it just like came from the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I'm so, saying like we do have. It was neighbors. your phone. I thought your your phone. Yeah, but it, it, but my phone was on the other side by the and it wasn't the, on on the uh, nightstand. And it wasn't even on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's been a couple weird things, and Nellie's pretty cool about stuff. She comes. I'm, I'm me on the other hand. I'm like ah, <laughs> and then and then I get all calm. I'm like relax, relax. Don't you know, do it. <laughs> don't do it. I, t- I tell Nellie all the time. Just relax. Calm down. Yeah. You know, no, I, I don't. Usually folks. the person who says that is usually the one that's freaking out. I, I'm, the one that, I'm the one that, that flies into action and begins doing karate kicks in the air at whatever is possibly there. I uh, I protect all of them. I'm like Voltron. Right? I just, I'm a protector. That's what I do. The moment I hear like a slightest bang, I turn into Yosemite Sam and just start shooting over <laughs> in the air. Just pull he just out my grabs his, his, his two old Navy antique pistols. 
takes them off the wall and starts shooting in the, the air. <laughs> and the neighbors upstairs are getting they're getting, very they're, they're getting hit. They're very they're annoyed. annoyed. Cuz their feet have holes in them. Their dogs have dead. no more dogs. The dogs in are them. just dead <laughs> because of you, Tony. That's an animal cruelty thing now. Call Peter on Tony for shooting the neighbors. Who's every Peter? Time. <laughs> I'll fight Peter. You kidding are you going to fight Peter? Okay. So anyways, guys, uh, uh, we have one more story that I wanted to do before you before you headed out into the sunset. Well, too uh, bad. That's the end of the show. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay. This kid, Mushu. Uh, okay. Mushu. Just, just, just be there. Okay. Yes, sir. <clears throat> yeah. Talk like this. If you're Mushu. Come on, man. So anyways, Nelly, let me ask you a question. You had a story that we had talked about that you wanted to tell me about a cab driver or something from the Middle East. Oh, yeah. The only thing I could think of it was uh, some kind of actual cryptid. But Yeah, well, I mean, tell the story, though, like what you, the way you... Um, this cab driver picked up a... a affair. Affair. Thank you. And... um. He was taking him over the bridge in Cairo. Over the Nile, I think. Or yeah, the like Nile that. River. Yeah, that's something it. like that. And um, he noticed the guy had his face covered with like a, a scarf, and um, he was trying to make small talk with him because you know yeah, the guy he was wouldn't. kind of uncomfortable because he couldn't see the guy's face. Mm-hmm. And um, he noticed that the guy was like moving around a lot and kind of making these grunting noises, and you know it was kind of a bit of a traffic jam, so he wasn't going very fast. And he asked the guy if he was okay, and he was like, you know, gurgling. And and then he noticed he was reaching for the door because he turned to look at him. And he's like, hey, wait. And the guy uh, turned, looked at him. When he did, his scarf fell off his face, and he saw what he said was a crocodile snout. Yeah, protruding from you know coming out of his face. Yeah, and so he stopped the cab he because the guy, on the was, brakes, the guy was yes. trying to open the door and get out of the cab. Right? And he did yeah. get out of the cab, and he was like in shock, and he was he was just staring at him. And when he saw him make it to the bridge, um, which wasn't very far, um, because they were on the bridge, he made it to the railing. Really? Uh, he saw a tail, a crocodile tail, mm-hmm. coming from the backside of him, and he jumped off the bridge into the water. And so I. Assume it was a crocodile man. Croc man. We'll see what happens when you assume. Kill a croc. You make, I believe him. Yeah, you make a uh, something. So and, <laughs> You make some words. Fool, 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 can't be fooled again. Croc now, shoes. Look, now, here, here's what's messed up. is like that. Now, this cab driver was driving along. I remember mm-hmm. this story. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. And it's a very fascinating story. Mm-hmm. And the guy had, had saw this dude begin to like drip water out of his face or something. Like he was sweating profusely. Mm-hmm. And oh, then, yes. and then he like opened his, like like uh, his scarf fell a little bit, and he saw that the guy's face wasn't normal. When the guy looked and and saw that his face wasn't normal, like when he realized that he'd been figured out, like he started trying to open the door to get out. So the guy pulled over to because the guy was going to jump out. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went to the edge of the bridge, and he as he jumped in, he saw a tail, and it was like the guy was turning into a. Car. That is so weird, dude. That is a weird, weird story. That is a cryptid slash reptilian uh, type story. Yeah, ship shifter. shifter. Well, it was wow. a crocodile. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just. I don't even know how to explain that. I mean, what, what, there is no explaining it. It's just a weird story. Mm-hmm. And with that, folks, we're out of here. I will let you go. Happy Valentine's, everyone. Yeah, have a good time. Thank, thanks to Mushu for just being here and being annoying. Thanks to Nelly for coming and telling her stories. 
It's been great. Uh, since you're my wife, I'll be seeing you after the show. Maybe we can have a cocktail. And I will be drinking alone, like I usually do. <laughs> you have banjo. He okay, how many drink. times I got to tell you? He's like a living stuffed animal. Yeah, Play but he it. has the kidney of like a lima bean, all right? He can't handle his liquor, and it's really starting to bring me down. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> That's more information than I needed to know. More information for PETA. Oh, okay, so anyways, guys, <laughs> all right, all right, that's all we drink. had. To, that, yeah, you know what? What does he drink anyway? What does Banjo drink? So I'll know next Christmas what to get him. Fiji water. <laughs> He's high class. He doesn't He's, drink yeah. with us peasants. He wants a vase. He drinks a vase. Well, he, he thinks he's a canine unit now. I see how he looks at the other dog and, and the cat. And he's like, I He's a working dog now. He's like, I don't play with you peasants anymore. I go to work. I'm yeah. a canine unit. I do take The dog and the cat are like, hey, guy, come on. Here we go. You know? Yeah, when I go to work, I take him with me. That's what he's referring to. Mm-hmm. So now he's a, a working dog. Yeah, he, and he, he, he looks at the other two animals with disgust, like you're unemployed, you know? Yeah, and he's like, you know, I'm bringing in all this money to pay for your dog food. And all you guys do mm-hmm. is lay around and cause me problems. I come home and you're playing around and you want to play. Well, I've been at work all day and I'm tired. Yeah. And, and he looks at them with this like snobbery look in his face. He does, doesn't he, Nelly? Yes, he does, actually. He, he does. He like, when he when he goes to get the leash on him, he's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> Y'all have fun while I go bring home the bacon. And then baby's up there running up to him with a, with a chew toy and he's like, I have no time for your games anymore. <laughs> I no longer play. I work. Yeah. This is not time for your uh, childish amusement. Childish antics. Yeah, and he goes over there and like, you know, like sniffs at Panzer and goes, hm. and the cat's like, hey, you want to play? And he's like, nope. Well, that's that. That's also the snooty attitude that's been given to him by by Tony. So we got We got to take that and keep that in perspective. Too. I want to make he sure. Teaches he teaches him to be an elitist. I want to make sure you guys know that he is a high class and uh, he's just really frothing it down with us peasants. So. You know, I want to make sure that I instill that belief in him. Well, when we're building the house, okay, and and so you're going to, Tony's idea was to put a moat around it so that we could throw oil on the peasants that came up to visit. So that that was, we we, we voted it down, though. Uh, it, it didn't it pass by one, by one vote. You know, so no, that it, was. It doesn't seem like a lot to ask. And I also asked for a spike trap okay. and a, a crown. <laughs> Those aren't going to, that's not going to happen, folks. We're going to let you go, okay? Enough right. ramblings. Of All right, yeah, yeah, this man. has been fun. But, uh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Uh, please like, subscribe if you're on YouTube. And uh, just if you're not on YouTube, then thanks for listening. Good night.